crushing financial burnout. Welcome, you are listening to episode 19 of Successful Bodyworker Podcast. I am your host, Zach Mayfield, creator of Successful Bodyworker, where helping and healing therapists always comes first. This is your one and only show that talks solely about the self-care and longevity of the massage therapist and bodyworker. Whether you practice ashiatsu, chair massage, deep tissue, relaxation, does not matter to me. I will have the tips and tricks to help you stay in the game for the long haul so you can keep doing what you do best, working on clients. If this episode helps you overcome mental roadblocks and limiting self-beliefs, please feel free to leave a review of your experience of how it has helped you and share this episode on any social media platforms that you frequent mostly. The main goal of this podcast is to help build a community of strong therapists that help one another achieve success in multiple aspects as well as my own personal brand, Successful Body Worker, where I'm helping to effectively crush the burnout rate. So this, in a way, is kind of the topic and aspect of this episode. Overcoming, as my guests will say, the justification of why you are in a specific situation. Why are you feeling financially burnout? Are you unhappy with the job you're in? Are you unhappy that you aren't currently running your own business? It is easy to you know, point the finger and blame someone else for your misfortune, but when you really look deep inside the situation that you're in, you have to own your own mistakes. You are the only one holding yourself back from greatness. This is just one of the aspects that we dissect in today's episode. You may know my guest from his business, Massage Therapist Success Academy, or maybe you've taken one of his online classes, or perhaps you've spoken directly to him in his group, Massage Therapist Success Strategies and Inspiration. His name is Scott Lindquist, and he is doing some big, big things in the space of entrepreneurship as a therapist. So without further ado, let's get into my interview with Scott. All right, what is going on, everybody? This is going to be another awesome episode, one filled with some amazing, amazing knowledge bombs. As anybody returning will already know, the main focus of this podcast is to help therapists achieve longevity in their career, mainly focusing on more of the physical aspect with the overall intent being to completely crush the burnout rate. So as, as we all know, there is more to the equation than just physical burnout, and that is why I like to talk to different leaders in our industry and come up with a solution to help therapists in different aspects of burnout. Today, I will be joined with a slightly better-looking Viking, Scott Lindquist. <laughs> so we'll be tackling the issue of financial burnout. So Scott, to start, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, what got you into body work, what you do currently? Hey, how's it going? Um, I, uh, you know, honestly, I've been into body work since I was a kid. My mom had really bad lower back problems and foot problems. So naturally, from a young age, she would have me work on her in exchange for ice cream and whatnot. So I mean, it was practically slave labor wages at the time. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much how I got my start, you know, so I, I would over the years of working on her, 
I guess you would say, you know, people a lot of times think that they're a natural, but really if you learn something from a young age as a child, things just come naturally after that, right? Like it's all sure, practice. Yeah. And I guess that's kind of how I got my start. But then, you know, when I got older, I was delivering pizzas and I decided, okay, I, I met a woman and I'm like, okay, I need to find something to do with my life and take myself a little more seriously here. And naturally she had said, and then previous girlfriends had said that I give good massages and I'm like, well, why don't I just do that? And I can do that and get paid more per hour while I figure out what I'm actually going to be doing long-term so I can go to college and still make a higher wage per hour in the process. But, uh, sure, sure. Got into massage and I didn't even realize that the, you know, back then I, it's like a, a first time client. A lot of them think that it's just a, uh, a day spa atmosphere, things you see in the movies, right? That was my only experience with massage. And so once I got into school and I realized there was this whole medical side on uh, to the whole thing, I was like, oh, my God, this is actually what I really want to do. And so basically just went all in on the pain relief, deep tissue medical side of things. And just, you know, 17 years later, here I am. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, we, we all know that financial burnout is a real thing. But in your opinion, what do you think causes this? I, you know, I was wondering about that myself. What exactly, how would you define financial burnout? So to me, it's kind of the, the cause of burnout due to finances. That, that would, how I would piece that together. Um, yeah, I think probably early on in the career, you know, they're, they're kind of pushed in school to go out into the, the corporate world and you know how that is. Mm, so right. you know, we, we make you know, anywhere from 15 to 20 an hour and sometimes not even tips on top of that. So, right. So, so basically the, having to work so many hours in order to actually just make ends meet. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. And, and what was the question again? What do you think causes it? Well, I mean, what causes it? I would uh, obviously is going to be the low wage. I mean, it, it, taking a job where, you know, here's the thing, like all those franchise jobs, those are almost like you think of minimum wage jobs in the overall economy, right? Like those jobs are not meant to sustain you for a lifetime. Like those are stepping stone jobs, right? And so the, sure. the whole point initially, if we look at the overall economy, we look at minimum wage, the entire reason that minimum wage was created was, well, number one, so that the government could get a higher amount of payroll taxes, but let's not get too political. The bottom line yeah, is that yeah. those were created as jobs where you would, uh, people with no skill or low skill could get a job and they could gain experience and they could learn, uh, learn skills along the way and increase their marketability, right? And so if we look at franchise jobs or any type of low paying job in the massage industry where they hire just anybody and everybody just to get their you know, bodies in the door and, and therapists to work on clients, if you look at any of those, those are stepping stone jobs, man. Like those are not meant to be a lifetime career. Right. And so I think the biggest mistake that therapists make when they first start is they get into these jobs and they think, okay, you know, now I've got a job and now I'm a therapist and, and here's where I'm going to be. I'm right? doing, so they, I'm doing the thing. Yeah. Right. They yeah. work their asses off yeah. and for little to no benefit. And instead of looking at it as a stepping stone, and this is, this is something I teach often and I teach this in several of my classes it's called self-agency right like you go in you go into any job with self-agency the, the the mindset that okay this basically is my business and I'm gonna pretend like it's my business I'm gonna show up every day on time for myself not for my boss not for a paycheck I'm showing up for myself because 
you're building character. You're building a certain type of character that a business owner would have, right? To right. where if you lost that job next day, uh, let's say you're from now, you lose that job. Well, you've got the skill set to fall back on. You've got the character, character and the work ethic to actually propel you forward and get another job that pays more or start your own business because you've built yourself to that point. Right. And so I think so many therapists go into the idea of getting a job as just quote unquote getting a job when really we need to be looking at it as stepping stones to our career right right so that being said do you think it's it's more of a mindset issue that they're actually staying in these corporate jobs because i I, i've worked with a lot of therapists over the years i've worked at massage envy i've worked at elements um that they just stay there for 15 12 15 years and they, they don't venture outside of that so do you think it's like a they can't do any better or no not at all yeah. i think and here's the thing if, if a person has stayed for 12 to 15 years something in that equation is working for them right like yeah, yeah. those are the people who aren't complaining about what they make those are the people who aren't burning out those are the people who have found a home and they're happy with that and good for them like that's perfectly fine yeah that, that like live your life however you want to live your life you know like make what you want to make that's perfectly fine but the biggest problem is the ones that are complaining the ones that are you know we demand higher wages okay we'll go get the next job on the stepping stone or on the career ladder that's going to pay that right because you're not going to change the mind of a mega corporation that you need to get paid more it's not going to happen you look at, at the overall economy look at mcdonald's they're trying that and what are they doing they're building computer they're, they're <laughs> building machines right right they're saying, well, no, we're not going to pay you more. We're just going to replace you. Right. And so that's the corporate solution is increase the bottom line. So, like, you're not going to get anywhere trying to fight with the corporation or trying to go online and organize, you know, all these therapists to complain about the wages. You, you just got to step up. You got to step to the right. next job. Yeah, absolutely. So, so no, it's not a, the mindset issue for the people who it's a problem for. Yes, it's a mindset issue. It's it's them not having self-agency and not looking at it as a stepping stone. For the people who are happy and, and working long-term careers at franchise locations, there's no problem at all because they're not the ones complaining. Right. That would be my answer. Yeah, yeah. So what, what do you think the solution is then for people who are always constantly complaining? Well, I mean, complaining – number one, complaining is – so I teach this concept called the loser ladder – and there are basically three rungs to the loser ladder. So you step your way down into loserdom, which is unfortunate. You know, I get a lot, I catch a lot of shit for the, the way that I phrase that. You know, oh, there are no such things as losers. And it's not nice to call people losers. But the bottom line is this, man. If you follow these three exact steps, whatever you're aiming to achieve, you're going to lose. And it's this. The first one is justification. You know, you fall into the trap of justifying your bad behavior or your own inaction. And then the next step after that is when things start going wrong, you start blaming something else. You start yeah. blaming the economy or the president or, you know, your boss or your coworkers or whoever. You know, you blame your spouse because they're holding you back. Right. Um, yeah. But then you get down to the – and after you've done that, the next step is – now you're at the bottom and now what do you do is you complain you go online you complain on the forums you write a rant post or whatever you got to do yeah. and the only people that that identify with that type of behavior are other complainers and ultimately 
complaining just keeps you in a perpetual cycle of losing. And so that's the loser ladder. And, you know, so to the people that are complaining, first off, I would say, stop complaining. I would say, second of all, look at and identify what factors you're blaming and say, okay, who, who am I blaming and what am I blaming for where I'm at in my career and in my life? Then I would say, wait a second, what justifications that you made along the way let you get to that place. So in the example of someone who is finds themselves unhappy and working in a franchise who has been there for a couple of years, even after they've been unhappy, that's the position, that, that's the type of person I'm speaking to right now. They need to look at it and say, okay, why am I still here, number one? Like, what justifications have I made along the way that, that, that I'm still here? And often you're going to hear it's going to be, oh, well, I need a paycheck. Okay, great. You can get a paycheck anywhere. Like, you can look for jobs anywhere. You can cold call. You can go down Google and look and type in massage therapists and cold call all those massage therapists and either one, ask for a job, or number two, say, offer them a massage and say, hey, by the way, your rate is $70 an hour. I'll come to your office, give you a massage for $50 an hour, and you're going to get bites off of that. So you can generate, you have a skill and a license that allows you to generate money in direct proportion to your ambition. You sure, see, yeah. so like the more that you want to generate some money, you have the skill, you have the hands, go generate money, right? right. So if you need a paycheck, money's everywhere, man. Money, all you got to do is learn how to grab money. Like all you, be of more value to the community. And that's how you get more money by providing more value. And so that would be the first justification that I see them make is, oh, you know, I need a paycheck. And then I would just overall examine what are the justifications in your mindset that allowed you to be, to get in a position where you're pigeonholed at that job at the first place, right? Because like you had to have made some justifications along the way, maybe even just starting from a faulty mindset of, well, now I have a job and now all of a sudden I'm supposed to be happy. Like everyone thinks that they have this right to this right to be happy, that they have this right to get a job. At, no, 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 excuse me. Be provided a job right, opportunity. Yeah. And yet even on top of that, now, now all of a sudden it's the employer's responsibility to make sure that they're making enough to, to, to live their, how they want to live. Like it's not, it's nobody's responsibility, but your own. And if you're not owning that, you're never going to move forward because you're always going to be at the whims of whatever employer that you're working for. Sure. Yeah. So I would say those are the biggest justifications that I see. And those are the biggest steps that I would take is I would, I would turn, I would look in the mirror and take a hard look and say, where have I screwed up along the way to put myself in a position where I'm unhappy with what I'm making. And this goes with, you know, for any aspect of your career, where did I, what mistakes, what justifications did I make along the way that put me in this situation? And now you identify the problem. And after that, you can actually start to look at real solutions and say, okay, what do I need to change to not make this same mistake again? So, okay, we have, we have this therapist. They are, they, they found this justification. They want to change it. They want to say in this example, make 70 K they're, mm -hmm. they're currently making 15. <laughs> so, okay. like if you're if you were to look at this on on paper, how many steps would be in this process from point A where they're graduating school to point B this therapist is thriving with their own practice. Okay, so if they're at 15k, how long have they been in the business? Probably with 2 years, 3 years. 2 years. So 2 yeah. years in if you're making 15k, you're definitely making mistakes. You yeah. are are they employed by somebody else? Yeah, yeah, corporate. Okay. Yeah. 
All right. Well, the fastest, the 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 shortest path between you and more money is always going to the consumer, right? It's always getting somebody to give you money. In a, in an employment situation, you're in a situation where you get the money after the employer gets the money from the consumer, right? So, like, there's the middleman there. Well, obviously, the the most natural fastest direct route is going to be to go direct to consumer now you see a lot of massage therapists going mobile you see a lot of massage therapists getting to a point where they can rent a room on the side you see i mean good god you could do anything nowadays you can teach online courses about how to relieve your own pain right mm -hmm. i mean you can go direct to market in so many different ways today uh you could i mean hell you've got people doing distance healing over the phone right you know, like there's all kinds of stuff you can do you got personal trainers in their industry they're doing virtual training sessions some of them are doing even group training sessions right here on zoom yeah so i mean it's it's the sky is the limit with what you can do it's just a matter of well you're going to make as much money in direct proportion to your ambition sure and so what steps i mean it's impossible to really give a, a generic like play-by-play -play. yeah, and, yeah and that's why you, you see a lot of these people with their courses and it's like five easy steps to get to 60k and it, it, it's just that's not going to work because what happens is each person has their own individual strengths right right someone might be the type of person who's really good at public speaking somebody might be the type of person who's really good at one-on-one -on -one speaking well the person who's good at one-on-one -on -one speaking obviously is going to do very well with networking they're going to be doing great by reaching out to um, associated type of businesses and and meeting the decision makers or even meeting like the receptionists. A lot of times, the best best referrals come from the receptionists at those business. But the one on one person is going to do really well approaching, and it's almost like sniping, right? Like if you think yeah. of it in the terms of hunting, right? Right. You're sniping right. versus like Facebook ads. That's going to be like farming. You you put out a ton of video to a ton of different people and whichever one, you know, ultimately you're planting a garden and you're watering it by continuously delivering ads to that same group of people over and over and over until they start to build familiarity and they start to, to brighten up to you. And then next thing you know, those ads will bear fruit right. just like a garden. Um, you've got a website, you know, you've got Google SEO where you get, you know, people, finding you online well you work hard to build up your content and to build up your s your search engine optimization right you build up your search rank and th that's like putting out a net right like that's like yeah, putting yeah. out a, a tra that's trapping basically so i mean you, you look at all these parallels with actual human behavior and all we're doing really when we're in business is we're hunting for resources we're, we're right. hunting for more food right so you look at what normal humans do just even back in caveman days and you mimic that each person's going to have their own strengths you know some people are going to be better trappers than others some people are going to be better hunters than others like sure. it, and some people are good at farm so you have to identify you have to have a high degree of self-awareness and say okay what am i honest to god good at and what am i really not good at you see and, and once you start to identify those now you can start to actually have a marketing strategy that's effective take shape because it's based around your own strengths rather than some some person's plan who right. is completely different than you and it worked for them good for them but hey it's not going to work for you because you have a different personality style you have different strengths right. and so so you're honing in on your strength
I would, yeah, I mean, that would be the first step, I think, if you're going to talk about a step by step plan, is look internally and say, what am I really good at? And what am I really not good at? Right. And, and be honest with yourself and find out. And if you don't know, I mean, if you've never done any of these things, well, then the first step is to try them and see what you're actually naturally good at when it comes to terms of hunting, gathering, I guess, you know, whichever method that you are, are using to attract business. If you don't know the business moves, well, then the first step is to learn what are all the options of how can I acquire new clients? Yeah, and you might surprise yourself, you know, if you try some new things and you didn't know, might surprise yourself. Absolutely. Uh, so um, going, going back to the, the beginning of your career, what made you start on the path of being like more of an entrepreneur and being more than a therapist? Well, I, you know, honestly have never gotten along with authority figures. I have never done well in school you know yeah. i've never done well at home with my parents anytime anytime there'd be a babysitter i'd get in trouble like it, it was just there was always a huge disdain for authority and you can even probably talk you know from the way i talk now about the government like yeah. anybody and the old guard of the massage industry right the mother hens like anybody who is in power who who would presume to put themselves in power over other people I've always had a disdain for that, right? And so it was almost just, uh, there was no other option, right? Like sure, I, yeah. I wasn't good at working for somebody else. Yeah. I, I hated it. I was never happy. And so I always knew, you know, that I would never be happy unless I was doing things my way and working for myself. I think that more than anything else was the the deciding factor that, okay, I got to do my own thing. Yeah. Okay. And then, uh, when you went to school, all those years back did they speak at all about financial burnout or like trying to go on the path of entrepreneurship rather than i don't know what what the difference would be like more on the path of entrepreneurship or just working for a corporation no what, not at all man yeah um we were lucky though we you know my class we were at a school that was very small very mom and well hell it was a mom and pop shop right i mean there was seven students it was run by people who were very very much into the the whole healer aspect of things you know so we got a lot of personalized attention we've got a lot of confidence boosting as far as like look you can the sky's the limit like you can really really help people in their life like you can really make a difference with people and we are afforded an amazing opportunity here right and so coming from people who believed to that extent and who were that into what we do and what i was learning right that was huge because it was like okay it gave you that confidence boost to where it's like no i'm not just gonna you know i'm not a back rubber like yeah, i'm not right just you know put lotion on somebody make them feel good for an hour like that there's more capacity here than that and yeah. there's somewhere else to go rather than that and just by having that mindset i guess you could say when i looked out into my area at the job opportunities and not only that but just even the clinics in general i saw that nobody was living up to that potential in my opinion it was like oh my god you know no one is going all in on pain relief nobody is like has the nerve to say they're a pain relief specialist and that's all they do like there was no one doing that right and yeah. so it was almost a matter of okay well it had to be done because that's the that's the potential so in school i mean if anything what they did 
giving an entrepreneurial mindset. It was more a mindset of just giving us the confidence and showing us the potential. And then it, it was kind of up to us, you know, individually to see that, hey, that potential is not being lived up to in our area. So like someone has to do it. So let's go and do it. Yeah. Right. So yeah, you, you have this positive, confident role models speaking to you positively, and then you have this rebellious attitude. <laughs> and then you yeah, just, right? and then absolutely, you just went out and started doing it. Yeah, I mean, it was great because you, and to what you said, actually, it kind of reminded me, you know, I always had a tenuous relationship with my parents, and it was never, it was never one of mentor, mentee, it was never, you know, I'm gonna learn life lessons. Like, it was all about like, no, 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 screw them, like, I don't like them. I don't want to be like them. I know that, but I don't know what I want to be. Yeah, and yeah. so to, to come to Masai school and have these people that totally believed in you. And I mean, you look back now and it was like, they were very hippie esque. They were very, you know, it's, it, they, they were very starving healer syndrome esque. And that's why they ultimately didn't do well in business. Right. Uh, it's unfortunate to see, but, but I don't even think the school is operational anymore. And, but, but to have that type of a role model, even if they weren't like you, even if you're a totally different type of person, but to, yeah, someone that believed in you to that extent and like fed you that, I guess, and nurtured that, that was huge. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, no, we didn't talk about financial burnout. It was never, you know, keep in mind, this was 2000, what, three, 2002, 2003. And Massage Envy wasn't like the dom. There, were, there was no giants back then. It wasn't like, our, our industry wasn't yet commoditized. Like it, it hadn't right. been taken over yet. And so like, that wasn't even a talk back then. I mean, even now when I go to speak at schools, it's like, you know, you go to these job fairs and they, you go do mock interviews to help the students, right? Get better at interviewing. And it's like you, and then a representative from Massage Envy, representative from this franchise, representative from this, it's yeah. like, holy shit, you know, I'm the only clinic owner here and the rest of these people are franchise representatives. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, geez, man, like, so now it's way different. And I could only imagine that the students coming out, like when they see those options, it's naturally gonna funnel them into a situation where they're working for a franchise. So the only thing I could see that would combat that would be infiltrating the schools with the mindset of self-agency, which I'm actually working on that. But uh, that's a different, different time. Yeah. Well, I hope that goes well. That that sounds awesome. Yeah, uh, so far all the stu all the school owners I've spoke to seem very excited and open to it. And again, these are these are more again your mom and pop schools who understand that the importance of that sort of thing. So I mean, corporate schools, I don't know. You you might have to break into those through reputation alone, like through just, you know, getting your stuff shared as much as you can on social media and whatnot yeah, yeah. so that they get a hold of it. You know, the, the going direct again, going direct to the consumer, right? Going direct to the students right. through a different avenue. Yeah, you gotta get Cortiva. <laughs> right. <laughs> so um you mentioned muscle medics, right? That's your clinic? Yeah. So when when did that open? Um, well it I opened my own location in 2008, right at uh, right after the financial collapse. Actually, it was uh, December 2008. Awesome. So, do you have any more locations, or just that one? No, it's just that one. I never, you know, everyone always told me to go to have multiple locations, and to me, that's always been it's always been something I've never really 
felt drawn to do like i've never i I don't know man i'd rather have one solid location that has a really good reputation yeah yeah. um once you start getting into managing multiple locations it almost feels like to me it's just never and this might be a limiting belief but to me it's always been like well you can't give enough attention to to each one yeah yeah you know what i mean like you'd have to play favorites or you'd have to now you'd start hiring managers so like there's different levels of responsibility that i've never wanted like my biggest thing was I always wanted to just create a clinic to where therapists can have good job opportunities and we can have a reputation for doing good work in the community and helping people and pretty much have achieved that. You know, the next step, if anything, would be getting a larger location. But even that isn't as important to me as spreading my message and, and actually teaching teaching that you know because most you look at what most massage therapists want they don't want a multi-location clinic they don't want even a big clinic a lot of them don't even want to be employers and so all those things you know to what they are wanting to do i've already done and i believe that my message will be able to help them achieve get to where they want to be faster and i believe that i'll be able to impact way more people throughout the world doing it that way than i would if i just opened up multiple clinics and kept doing more of the same Right. Yeah. So that never really appealed to me. I totally agree with that. Yeah. So you also mentioned that you teach courses as well for LMTs. Can you tell us a little bit about those? Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Um, Well, I guess you would call it the my most famous course or whatever you if you want to call it that would be called rebooking mastery. And that is basically how to boost your practice from the inside, right? So like, say you're getting 10 new clients a month, you know, two and a half a week, and 10 new clients a month, and we're stuck in this age old rebooking model where it's it's the spa industry rebooking model where you try to get a person to come monthly right and that's from there there are a couple of reasons that that was put in place i won't really go into too much detail here but needless to say it wasn't put in place with the client's goal in mind and so what you find especially once you get into the pain relief side of things and, and it's funny because even in the spa industry you find that a lot of your clients are actually there still. They want the massage because of a pain-related issue, right? So they're actually not there a lot of times for a quote-unquote spa service. They're actually there for, you know, to actually have something addressed. And when we start getting into that side of the, the you know, addressing specific issues, once a month isn't nearly enough to create any kind of change. That's like saying, hey, I'm fat. I'm going to work out once a month. And we're really going to take this thing by the horns and I'm going to get in shape. It ain't going to happen, right? And so we're stuck on this model that's completely outdated. And Rebooking Mastery was my, you know, every you go on the forums. And this is the reason I created this first was you go on the forums and it's like all these therapists are out there. A lot of them are broke and they're wondering, okay, how do I get more new clients? What they really want to know is how can I make more money? They're not doing enough business. They're not doing enough sessions per week. So number one, they need to be asking themselves first, how can I do more sessions per week, right? The getting new clients is going to require a lot more effort than actually rebooking the ones that you have already coming in. Exactly. So when a person comes in, rebooking mastery is all about, it's a five hour program designed for basically how do you take them from when you first take that phone call or even reply to their first email, how do you take them through a process, a proven process that's actually going to get them by the end of that first session, they're signed on for multiple appointments, you know, two times a week, once a week, 
whatever. Right. But to where now in a month, instead of, you know, where normally people would rebook them for a month out, now within that same month, you've seen them eight times instead of once, right? And so next yeah. thing, so, so what kind of a return is that per client? Like that's, you know, times eight. Huge. And you see what I'm seeing? So you do that with it and they're like, oh, well, not everyone's going to rebook twice a week. And number one, that's a limiting belief because you'd be surprised who rebooks twice a week. School teachers, single mothers, people you think wouldn't have any kind of money at all. It's all about priorities and it's all about how much they buy into what your process is, you see? And yeah. so, so you don't have to get everybody on twice a week, but let's say you're getting 10 new clients a month. Let's go back to that. Well, two of them come twice a week, right? One of them comes once a month because you failed to rebook properly. And then the rest of them come once a week. Now add that up over the 10 people. Imagine the massive amount of a boost of income that you're going to have yeah. and the amount of sessions that you're going to do with zero marketing, zero additional marketing compared to what you were already doing. Right, right. And so like that was the craziest thing. I'd look on the forums and everybody was broke and they didn't know how to get new clients. And number one, they didn't even know they were asking the wrong question. So I'm like, oh my God, like the 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 foundation to building a successful practice and every service industry understands this that the money the profit is in the repeat mm -hmm. like any service industry that's the way it works like you get loyal customers and then there are three ways you can make more money one get more customers two make more per session or or per time that they visit your shop and three get them to visit your shop more often. Right. And that's the one thing that it's no therapist was looking at that. It's like all the, I, it blew me away that nobody was talking about that. And ultimately that's how a lot of people became to refer me as the godfather of rebooking because literally nobody was talking about it. Right, and right. it blew me away. So I, I knew I had to make that first. And I knew that I think that that was the biggest problem that I saw in the industry is that people were stuck on that old rebooking model, that outdated model that just wasn't client centered. And you know, it's funny because I catch, I've caught so much shit over the years of, oh, it's being greedy. Like you're, you're, you're getting people in for your own good. No, man, it's just like a personal trainer. He's not having you work out three times a week or four or five for his good. Right. Like, that's the process that it requires for you to actually get in shape. And it's the same type of thing when you're dealing with a pain related soft tissue issue. Right. Yeah. You, you look at, you've got what over 700 hours in a month. I, I can't do the exact math on that, but what are you going to do with one hour out of that whole month? Exactly. It's not going to do shit. So right. you, you, yeah, you gotta be more proactive about treating your clients. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And so like, to, you know, there's, and there's a whole list of limiting beliefs that are super common. I go through and I debunk every single one of them. But this idea that it, a lot of therapists are so worried that it's selfish, when really, it's the most selfless thing you could do, because this person in front of you has a goal, you know how to help them achieve that goal. But yet, you don't recommend that but yet you don't put that plan out for them to at least make the decision themselves. Right? right. And now you go into, okay, why does the therapist not do it? And they tell themselves because, Oh man, I don't want to come across as uh, selfish. Like that, that, that feels unnecessary or superfluous, but ultimately it really, the real reason is they don't want the discomfort of looking like a salesperson. They don't want the discomfort of the client perceiving them as selfish. You see? Right. And so that's where, 
Rebooking Mastery comes in to eliminate that entire thing by providing the process to where they don't come across as pushy, to where it's impossible for them to be perceived as pushy because you're coming from a more educational standpoint, right? And so that's where that all comes from. Anyway, then I, I teach a couple other classes, Facebook ads. You know, I teach therapists how to basically run the targeting um how to how to refine their copy which is like the written part of the post and then their video or their uh their their picture right which is called the creative and so those are the three components to run a successful facebook advertising campaign is your copy your creative and your targeting and if you've run facebook ads and it's failed odds are is that one or more of those three things is not in place or it's not up to par right and so that course is all about going through that um and then i teach rebooking 101 which is like a super basic intro to rebooking mastery and that's you know 50 bucks i mean it basically gets you started breaks some of the limiting beliefs and kind of snaps you out of that old mindset that old model mindset and just gets you moving toward rebooking more people more often then i do private co you know consulting which is one-on-one sessions via zoom just like we're doing right now and that's basically what i'm doing right now that's that's about it i'm working a lot more on my live show and and bringing that bringing that out to where we can provide a little bit more entertainment in the industry rather than just a bunch of different people preaching at therapists i want to entertain therapists yeah i love all this that's awesome (laughs) (laughs) create a create a community that's based around more than just the same old shit right the same old stuff that we're seeing so yeah that's that's what i'm really going all in on right now is like the live show and the components um that that are gonna hopefully make that entertaining enough for people to actually watch and number two it's like you talk about giving a kid broccoli right like you got to put a little cheese on there and so (laughs) (laughs) like no kids trying to eat steamed broccoli with no no (laughs) you gotta get a little flavor on there and then people will consume it more readily you know that that's at least my theory right yeah Okay. So if uh, we come to the end of the questions here, if my listeners are to gather anything from this podcast episode, what would be the top three tips you can give us for preventing financial burnout or making more money? What would you say making more money? (laughs) Well, you know, the bottom line, number one is it's all on you. Like that, that's by far. And you see this from all these gurus on every industry. You know, you got Gary V. You got uh, Jocko Willink talking about extreme ownership, which is basically just everything is your fault, so own it and be responsible. Jocko's Uh, awesome. I know, right? All these people are in this position where they're 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 gurus and they're super successful, and that's not an accident. You know, people. Oh, it's easy for you to say because you're you've done well in life or oh it's easy for you to say because you're white male or whatever other reason right it's so easy for people to sit there and those are justifications right they're justifying what a person is saying what a person is saying and attributing it to something that is totally false because they don't see all the hours of hard work they don't see the years of dedication that's gone into the tip of the iceberg right And, and so so it's easy for us as viewers to sit back and say, you know, okay, well, this person's successful because whatever, right? And the thing I really want to drive home about that is that it's all on you. Like, bottom line, it's all – wherever you're at in your situation, that's your fault. Like, once you're an adult, 
one, you know, if you're a kid and you're getting beat and stuff, obviously I'm not going to victim blame a kid that's getting beat up. But once you're an adult and once you live on your own and you're making your own decisions free of any outside influence, it's on you, man. Freaking, like, freaking own it. Right. You can't carry that baggage for the rest of your life. Like we all had hard childhoods and stuff. Like we all had stuff that we went through like on some level like but but once you get to an adult you've got to get over that and you've got to say okay i need to move forward and i need to get the right mindset to actually allow me to move forward and get rid of some of these roadblocks that i'm putting in front of myself and it's funny because most of the time it's the justifications that are the roadblocks to you getting what you want yeah yeah and it blows me away that so many people are so full of so many goddamn excuses. It's like, Jesus, dude, like you should see these people that message me. And it's like, Hey, Scott, I want to get it. How much is a consultation with you? I'm like, well, first of all, what are you trying to achieve? Let me see if I can even help you. And so and then, okay, well, here's what I want. And then boom, this huge paragraph, you know, one, one paragraph, that's like two pages long. And I'm like, Oh my God. And I'm, so I'm reading through this thing and it's, it's his whole life story and that's cool and everything but then then it gets to the point where it's like yeah i, I can definitely help this person because i've helped 10 people that are just like them right. um same problem the problem's just like theirs and okay i could definitely help you okay well i'd love to set up a session but uh but i've got this or you know but 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 i, I i'm going through a divorce and so it's like all, there's all of a sudden all these caveats come out of why they can't do it right now but but when i have the money i'll do it and when, but but when i have this i'll do it right and this is true with rebooking matt with any any course i put out and you see it even with clients right they call you up and oh my god i got this neck pain it's terrible and it's oh this and that and yeah i've, I've we've dealt with hundreds of people that have that same problem okay well well i see my chiropractor tomorrow so i'll give you a call after that dude you've been seeing your chiropractor for months how the fuck has that been working out for you not good you know I mean? <laughs> it's crazy it's mind-blowing to me so so the whole point is we put all these justifications in front and it's like most of the time they're false and people believe it you know oh well i really don't have any money well i'm gonna tell you something man if you don't have any money right now you're not going to have any money in two months doing the same shit. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's great. It, it's mind-blowing to me the the amount that people let justifications rule and ruin their lives. Yeah. So the first thing, get rid of the justifications, man, and look at yourself. Take a good look and say, where am I screwing up? What have I done that got me in this situation? And the minute you actually see and say, oh my God, you know, okay, maybe I chicken shit it out of doing this risk. Or maybe I, along the lines, just let myself get out of shape and now I can't do more than three massages a day, right? right? So, so identify where you screwed up. The second thing, you gotta correct it. You gotta make a move and you gotta move forward. And then I think the third thing would just be that you have to have the, you have to have the confidence and say, you know what? whatever happens i'm going to be able to do this like that's that's the underwriting thing of all of this is self-efficacy if you don't believe that you're able to actually affect change in your own life you're never going to and so however you have to do it and for most people the the formula for that is just achieving small things right achieve small and a lot of people quit smoking this way like 
when you achieve something, you get a hit of dopamine, just the same chemical that cocaine releases, right? right. You get a hit of dopamine when you achieve even a small thing off your list. You just got to start, man. You got to start accumulating that momentum. And as you accumulate that momentum, your confidence builds. And after you, your confidence will get to a point where it's like, hmm, you know, anything I want to do, I know for a fact I can do it, even if it's not been done before. Awesome. And that's where you get your game changers, right? When you get to a position where you can just, you can do something and you, even if you screw up, you can get away with it because you have that reputation for just, for doing whatever you want to do. Right, right. It's almost unbelievable that, you know, the things that people will give you leeway for just because they know you're that type of person that you, that's what you do is you just do whatever. Right. <laughs> it's like Donald Trump, right? The mud mo have you ever heard of it? Uh, who is it? Ben Shapiro talks about him being a mud monster. So like, like uh, if you go at him in normal political methods, like you can't, you can't <laughs> use dirt on the dude because he's a mud monster. Right. He, he doesn't give a shit. He's got, he's got all the, <laughs> he's got all the dirt. Yeah, throw the dirt at me, man. I don't care. Like, and that's one of the things you position yourself. Yeah, you put. That's what supreme confidence looks like. Yeah. Like at the absolute supreme level is that like to where you just don't care at all what anybody thinks of you now i'm not saying you know a lot of people are probably sitting here listening to this going i don't want to be like him no 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 you don't have to be like him that's just the absolute top of it like right. what i'm saying is just have get to a level where you just you know you don't care if you fail because you know that even if you fail you're gonna figure it out and it's not life or death um a lot of people may not be even that far along like they're probably worried am i going to go broke and, and and the big thing is is you might go broke for a while but you have a skill and you have your hands and you can go direct consumer and make money no right. matter what no right. matter where you are like no matter when you can make money with your hands right like most people can't say that yeah yeah so guys one own your shit <laughs> two <laughs> go forward and change it and the number three just be utterly confident in your craft and your ability that's all Absolutely. it is if you all don't it have is. the confidence build it up yeah awesome so uh where can other therapists find you well the best place um by far i'm the most active on facebook right like so scott lindquist on facebook massage therapy success academy on facebook uh if you're listening to this later on down the road you might want to actually check massage launchpad because i am in the middle of a rebrand or at the beginning stage of a rebrand so massage launchpad is probably going to be where it's at either way that's going to be what the show is called massage launchpad live so that'll be the easiest way to find me but really scott lindquist should get you there awesome awesome all right man thank you so much for coming on hey man i appreciate the opportunity dude like this is the type of stuff i love to talk about and yeah. it's so rare in our industry the person who listens to this kind of information who's looking for this kind of information because the ambitious therapists are not the majority by any means i mean like we are in the small minority in our profession and any person who listened this long, I would salute the hell out of them because literally you're, you're the minority. And, and here's the beautiful thing about that is the 1% is also the minority. Right. You know what I mean? So like, honestly, the 1% is the 1% for, for a reason because they're doing shit that 99% of the people can't or won't yeah, do. Absolutely. Like the bottom line, I mean, it's the same in athletics, right? Like 
how do you get to the top of being an athlete? Well, these people are out training everybody. Like these people are doing shit that most other athletes, even at the high levels, aren't doing. Right. Yeah. You know, that's the bottom line. Yeah, man. All right. I could ramble on all day. (laughs) That's all right. (laughs) All right, man. Well, you take care and I'll talk to you again later. All right, man. Sounds good. Hey, everybody. If you enjoyed today's episode, please feel free to share this with another LMT friend that you feel could benefit from this episode, as well as commenting and leaving a good review. I also have a Facebook group, Successful Body Worker Tribe, and we all talk about things like self-care, business building, and everything fun in between. So you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Successful Body Worker. See you all on the inside.